0: And I think that when we invite God into our creative art form, invite him into the spaces of our heart heart that are burning with desire and passion to do things creatively, he gives us vision that is outside the scope of what the world thinks is excellent.
1: Welcome to Art Vance guys. Today on the show I speak with Caitlin Self who is a young creative entrepreneur. Growing up in church and the performance industry she's done everything from dance to directing. Growing up her house was always filled with music, dancing, worship and overall creative craziness. Her childhood was spent performing at rehearsals and on stage. After leaving school where she was creative arts captain she went to griffith university and got her bachelor of creative industries some of her acting credentials include elvis true spirit young rock and reef break her life has been in the performing arts and that's the place where she believes god has called her to outside of the creative caitlin and her husband alex have been youth pastors at world changes church on the gold coast for three years and their passion is to see an excellent combination of christianity and the creative so let's go meet caitlin Well, welcome back everyone. It's a brand new episode of Art Vance and today on the show we have Caitlin Self who invests herself. She's first and foremost a daughter of God. She's a woman of God. She's a creative, an artist. But because of those foundations in her life, she invests herself in ministry within the church in uh, working in the local Gold Coast entertainment industry, working as an extra in feature films, TV series, and the like, and also working in family business in the area of design and renovations. So super exciting spheres to discuss as we delve into this whole aspect of Art Vance going after God's heart for the arts industry. So Caitlin, it's so good to have you on Art Vance.
0: You. I'm so glad to be here, so honored, and I'm so excited for the conversation
1: that we're going to have. And those fears that we just talked about, that they are like constantly just drawing on the, the creative heart of God to uh, illustrate his story and bring beauty into people's lives, whether it's through entertainment, whether it's the explicit ministry of worship or the ministry of the word, um, as well as fixing up your home and making it look beautiful and you know hosting god in those places that are most personal to us so i love that you are represented in all those spheres. it's it's really exciting to kind of have dialogue from those spaces but how about you give us a nutshell version of who is caitlin self
0: what a question so i guess just going back growing up i was a dancer singer actor Um, did like dance drama all through high school, love the performing arts, it will forever have a place in my life. Um, I transitioned after school, I went straight into doing a bachelor's degree of creative industries, which is basically just creative business, um, majoring in drama. And then at the very end of my degree, Um, I got married to my incredible husband, Alex, um, and we've since been married for a year and he just launched his own business, um, renovating. He's a painter Um, and I just got brought alongside in the business to do some interior design aspects and then just starting up a small business, which is very exciting for us. But yeah, I've grown up in... Like you said, like worship spheres have been in church my whole life. My earliest memories of creativity was at church. Um, Mm -hmm. Being a butterfly in the Christmas production, um, I have such a heart for, you know, just bringing life to spaces with um, creative vision. Um, So yeah, creativity is not something that, is like isolated to my profession, but it's something that just bleeds into every part of my life. I just can't seem to really get away from it. Everything that mm. I do involves one aspect of my love for creative processes.
1: Yeah. It's so good. That's <laughs> awesome. And I love that you've made that a, a, you know, in your own idea of yourself as well as your calling, you've made creativity this center point, this anchor spot because every area you give to feeds one another. You know, the interior design, it feeds into your love for the creative and performing arts and your worship life, your life of preaching. You're a preacher as well, you know, feeds into that beauty realm of God and and how that intersects with people uh, in the here and now, which kind of collapses that gap between us and heaven and brings us together the way Jesus called them to Uh, happens. So that's, that's so good. Um, So within those spaces, tell us a little bit about your creative outlets or your creative passions. What are some of, you've talked about drama, you've talked about acting. Um, Yeah. Talk to us about some of those outlets, how you get that creative energy out.
0: Oh gosh. I think like for every creative, it's looked different in different seasons of my life. Um, dance was something that I did from, like, 5 to 18, like, full-time. I still dance now, but it's not as, like, as big a part of my schedule. Um, but dance was such a... Almost therapy. Um, it was the way that I processed my emotions and my feelings and got my anger out and my sadness Mm -hmm. out. Like, I remember, like, um... After I graduated high school, the gym that I was at, it had a dance room and it was the first time I danced in like six months. And I just bawled my eyes out because it was just something that um, that I think God has given to me as a tool to a move prophetically in. But then also like in a weird way, like to allow his love to be ministered to me personally. Um, So dance. Is an outlet will always be an outlet, no matter how much it fits into my schedule daily. Um, and then, um, writing is another of my creative outlets that, um, as I, I guess I'm slowly leaning into more because it's not something I've done heaps of. Like I've written a couple of productions that have been performed and done a lot of like creative performance pieces but um yeah just like and writing scripts and movies and I'm so blessed that I have a husband who like hears me out when I tell him these like larger than life like movie ideas I have and Mm. it's like yeah that's great like we could do that um yeah gosh and then I would say probably my last like outlet would be interior design I love you yeah. know yeah. making my home look beautiful and even at church like making the creche look lovely and like organizing the kids church and um yeah. yeah i was i was walking home today and i was just thinking like we have such a creative god like he didn't need to make the world beautiful like he didn't need to give us flowers he didn't need to give us you know seashells in the sand and all these beautiful mm. things and you know when we know what it's like to be loved by the father, I think everyone is creative in their own unique way. And that will just be like an outlet. For my dad, it's cooking um, and singing. You know, for my mom, it's working out Um, and dancing. Like, I think there is such beauty in the way that God pours into us and out of us just as human beings whether we think we're creative or not, I think everyone is creative in their own unique way. Yeah. Sorry, total sidebar. That
1: that was so good though. You talked about how creativity is actually a product of the love of God being poured into our lives. You know, the Father wants to love us in ways that are going to bring out the most creativity in our lives. Um, And you talking about spaces and making them kind of living worthy you know in a way that inspires and um that whole concept of beauty love leads to beauty and beauty then leads back to love um which is just like this endless cycle of the nature of god in our lives so no i love that you touched on that um and one of the things you mentioned there you're talking about some of the origins with how your dance enabled you to unburden your soul um, of anger and grief and things like that I want to I want to jump back into that for a moment because we were talking about before we started recording the podcast we started talking about kind of some of the conditions generation a and alpha and generation z are growing up under right now when it comes to the subconscious pressure that we start to absorb in this social media driven, saturated society culture, um, that we, we feel this subconscious pressure to only show the highlights of our life. And to the point where we start rejecting, um, the not so highlight parts of our lives, the, the parts that are, uh, you know, echoes of shame or echoes of failure or, where we feel like we're not, you know, we're not meeting the mark. And we talk about religion doing that to us, right? Um, But what about how the spirit of the world drives us into a place of of self-rejection? I'd love you to share your thoughts on that. Could you kind of, could we launch into talking a little bit about that? Because I know that that's a word for young people right now that are somewhat tormented if they don't align really deeply with the heart of the Father.
0: Mm. Yeah, wow. Well, so I actually, it's so funny because dance is such a positive thing in my life and it is now because I have a healthy relationship with Jesus, um, which in turn has allowed me to have a healthy relationship with myself. But growing up, like um, as a young dancer, like you really cling to the words that people speak over you. And there were some really horrible words that were spoken over me about my weight and about the way I looked. Like, I remember when I was 14, being told that I had grandma arms if I didn't fix my posture, like I was going to have saggy arms like an old lady. And I'm like, like, looking back, I'm like, what a horrible thing to say to a child. Um, but not even realising, like, the, just the seeds that are planted in you and with social media like i think we are just bombarded with this unrealistic expectation of perfection from people that we don't even Mm. know and then i think there's almost this like bargaining of okay if i give enough of myself then maybe i'll receive like enough love to fill the void Mm. um and i was lucky like For me, growing up, I didn't really have social media until I think I was 16. And I really feel for the kids that are 9, 10, who have, like, social media. And my heart breaks for them because, like, what it does to your psyche is so damaging.
1: What you've just mentioned there really paints the picture. You've answered that question. I think, you know... Uh, and and what we could sometimes do in reaction is go well you know social media just needs to go then and I'm like well that ain't happening because <laughs> yeah it is damaging the psychology of, of young people who aren't being trained how to wield it the way they could you know and and your message of identity just then your 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 focus upon you know, being discerning of the words that get spoken over you as are they truth or are they lies, you know, and, and in the same way, viewing social media, am I watching truth? Am am I watching something that's in agreement with heaven over my life? Or am I watching something that's warring against my value? Um, You know, so just, just what you shared there was so significant. and, And I think we have such an assignment right now from God to, to redefine, what does it mean to live prestigiously or in, in regalness? Um, because the world is looking for glory and they're trying to airbrush it into being <laughs> or or uh, Botox it into being or, you know, Instagram filter it into being. But the true glory comes from encountering Jesus and his value in our lives. And so could we maybe launch from that into you sharing when did your relationship with the Lord really kick into gear in, if, in how it influences your creativity? I mean, you grew up in the church. Um, so did I. But I know that there was kind of a, a like a, a moment, uh, whether it was a very obvious moment or whether it was just a, oh, I'm kind of grown up and I can feel that there's fruit on the tree here in terms of my love for God and his love for me. Could you kind of talk us through a bit of your journey there?
0: A lot of people like have this moment in their testimony where it's like, okay, like, that's when God spoke to me. That's when I became a Christian. I think it's so hard for me yeah. to pinpoint it growing up in the church because mm. there were moments in my life where it was almost like I was pivoting. Like, I kind of always, like, you would pivot back to the point of Jesus. Um, No matter how far I walked away, like, it was never, like, far enough where I, like, super, like, fell into the world, if that makes sense. Like, I was always yep. in church, always in love with Jesus. Yeah. But I think because, because I actually, like, had such a disgust for the way I look, like, it was so rooted in my heart that I just hated the way I looked that um, there wasn't room in my performance to give glory to God. It was all, like, it, I all... Just like, it was all
1: self-focused. Guys, I really hope you're enjoying season two of Art Vance. I've had so much enjoyment creating it. Can I ask you a favor to go over to Apple Podcasts and write a five-star review for us? It will help us reach more people. As well, could you make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Elliot Bonza, as well as subscribe to the podcast on Apple. I really appreciate it.
0: you know, like you would get praise from people and that would like, you would attach that to your identity or you would get criticism and you would attach that to your identity. Um, So I think the point, yeah, exactly. And so I think the point really where I was like, okay, like God has given me these gifts to glorify him and use it for his glory alone. Like, Mm. my performance is not attached to my identity. I'm a daughter of the Most High, like I'm a princess. um, And that's my identity. And God has given me these talents to use for his glory and to bring people into his kingdom. Like, this is not about me at the end of the day. I'm just a vessel. Yeah. And I don't think I really even got to that point till maybe like a couple months before Alex and I got married. Um, and we kind of had a shift in our, um, the pastoring of our worship team. Um, and which was epic, like such a God move. And under new leadership, they really discipled me on what it looks like to, be, you know, in the eye of the congregation or be in the public eye um, as a creative. And, you know, people view you in certain ways or, you know, certain creative outlets are viewed as higher. But to not let that change the fact that you're a vessel, you're mm. being used for God's glory, you're being used to bring glory to His name. And if what you're doing, um is not shining his light then you need to refocus on what you're doing so yeah Mm. i think that was totally pivotal for me just to just to change the way that i viewed my performance and not let it affect my identity because and i think i still like feel the remnant of that today because even like I had a conversation with my worship pastor last week, and she was like, were you okay, at, like, at, at worship practice? Like, were you all good? And I was like, you know what? I actually wasn't, like, I was really struggling because I feel like I haven't been leading enough and whatever. And I literally told her, I was like, but I know, like, that's just that old thought coming back that I am only, you know, as good as how I perform. Yeah. So definitely Which I know a lot about of people a year would relate ago, to. Mm. it's so easy to attach like in any regard of life, like how you are praised um, for certain things um, and letting that yeah. be attached to who yeah. you are. And then when you're not receiving that praise or you're not doing that as well, then it totally shatters you like Mm. I had an emergency operation two weeks before I was supposed to take my ballet exam which would have qualified me to be a teacher a ballet teacher and like it wrecked me like it was the worst thing that had happened to me and I look back and I'm like oh my gosh like little girl if you'd only known like how loved you are despite what you can do for people like yeah it's such a stronghold that the enemy uses, I think, especially over creatives, because then your focus is on you and it's not on God.
1: Well, you've got either a performance-based identity or an identity-based performance, Yeah. Um, you know, where we either operate from my value is found in what I do or what I contribute or no, who I am is what I contribute. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, th- I think everyone can resonate with what you just said there. Um, and thanks so much for sharing some of those insights to your own story, because everyone's been through a wrestle of some kind to, yeah, wrestle for identity and, um, in a way that doesn't become navel gazing and like, who am I? Uh, Yeah. You know, but in a way that, you know, Jesus in the Jordan, you know, we hear the father say, this is my beloved, you know, and I think, what would happen if a whole army of artists lived with that booming voice? This is my beloved. When they would create, um, it would change some dynamics, that's for sure. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> um, so, hey, talk to us a little bit about how are these gifts and talents, you know, how is God moving through these things? Let's talk a little bit about your life on set because you've done a, a number of gigs working in studios on location uh, with big Hollywood productions as well as local Australian productions. And, yeah, talk to us a little bit about some of the, the passion you have for that um, and when did that begin and, and tell us maybe some stories from on set.
0: Um, that was probably about a year before I graduated high school, so like 15, 16-ish. Um, it was so funny, I was organizing my our uh, second bedroom and I was reorganizing a bookshelf and I started reading through one of my journals today and there's a journal entry where I was writing about, oh, like I feel like God is really calling me into acting, I don't know what to do with this, but like, God, I just, mm-hmm. I give this to you, um, like I know that I can only do it if you're with me. And I was just like, mm. oh, my gosh, like, I, I do not remember writing that. I can't believe that that is even, like, something I can look back on. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, performing and creativity has always been a part of my life. But I think, like, sometimes God just highlights things to you, especially when you feel like, you know, he's calling you into that space. Um. Mm. So, yeah, for since... um then and throughout uni i did quite a couple of like small acting jobs, extras gigs. My favorite gig that i've ever done would be the Elvis movie. Um mm-hmm. which was filmed like 2-3 years ago now. Can't even remember. Mm. But um i got to in be- the middle
1: of covid, wasn't it? It was like 2020. It was it was,
0: it was like yeah. split. So we did like a couple of weeks and then there was like a huge break and then we came back. So um but yeah, just being on set is such a hectic experience, especially as an extra. Um, but Baz Luhrmann as a director is so amazing. Like I was happy to just be there for like a masterclass. It was literally like a masterclass in directing and everything. And just being able to sit and watch Austin Butler, like perform all day. I was in one of the Vegas showroom scenes. (laughs) So it was just like 12 hours of just like watching these performances. Um, and whenever Austin would stop a scene and he'd be like talking to people or talking to some of the extras, he'd still be talking in, um, the voice of Elvis, which was kind of really trippy, but such a dedication to his craft and, um, Baslam. And he would hand out like little mini like directions to some of the extras being like, okay, like, you guys are a husband woman, and a wife, you're a young mom, like, giving us these behind the scenes of, like, the character we're playing. Wow. And it was like, like, I've never been treated like an extra as well as we were on Elvis. And that was just mm. so cool. Like, his direction um, for the entire project was, like, so, like, into the details which I love because I'm so detail-oriented. I love all the little things, like, all the Easter eggs and to be treated um, so sweetly by someone who didn't have to treat us like that. Like, we're getting paid to be there. Like, Mm. every extra who's on set is keen as (laughs) being, like, just wants to be on set. Um, You get to dress up in these crazy costumes and um, just be around like-minded people. So it's definitely a hectic experience, but... Yeah, that would be my highlight so far of my little acting career. Um,
1: Could yeah, you give us a quick cool. behind the scenes of the wardrobe side of things because the costumes mm. and the wardrobe and the makeup was just so, like it was so Baz, you know, in the sense of the uh, the level he goes to, you know, of excellence. Um, did they have like 100 makeup artists bringing people in? What What was it like?
0: So, um, I'm trying to think. Oh my gosh, it feels like a very long time ago. So for one of the Vegas showroom scenes, because we did about five different like montages and it was through our different eras. So we would have to get changed to appropriate clothing. But it was like this huge warehouse, like a full sound stage for the extras costume and makeup. Um mm-hmm. And it was just, like, lines and lines of lines of makeup artists and people putting your wigs on. Um, And then you'd have, like, all of your costumes together. Um, I can't remember her name, but his lovely wife would come around, like, whenever we would first get our costumes on, and she would, like, walk around and, like, tell people what to change, which was, like, (laughs) kind of daunting. We're all, like, standing there, like 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 tin soldiers like waiting to be approved or like if you have to go get changed but yeah just the you're you're so right like the attention to detail along the walls was um all of the inspo pictures for different hairstyles and different makeup and it was a very fun hectic environment um the makeup Um. artists god bless them were there from like four in the morning every day i don't know how they did it like it's so hectic um, yeah. but yeah, I, um, I loved getting to see like the costume design, you know, how they would just like fix things, change things, cut things up. And, um, it really like definitely burst in me, uh, um, what's the word, uh, new, new appreciation for that creative outlet and. This last year I got to write and direct our, our big Christmas production and I got to, like, actually design the costumes and I had my mom and two of the other incredible ladies at church. Like, we made them from just, like, fabric we found at a an shop. Right. And, like, even on a small scale to see, like, little bits and pieces come together, like, it definitely... When, when you have a belief in, in God... You're like, wow, like it talks about me being knit together, you know? Mm. Um, and, and the detail that God's put in putting into my life, like how much more is his love for me if I'm being super invested into this creative project? Um Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah again it's the beauty leading us back to his love. Um And yeah, I I, I have no doubt in my mind that God's heart was all over, um, Baz as he creatively started dreaming of bringing that Elvis movie to life because even in the movie, there's such a great acknowledgement of Elvis's foundations of the Holy Spirit touching his life and influencing his art form and his charisma and just jumping forward a little bit, um, What are you working on right now, Caitlin? What's something that you're excited about? We heard a little bit earlier about some recent developments, but tell us a little bit of a snapshot of what's happening in your world right now.
0: So, at the moment, I just finished um, working on a project with um, Wendy Manzo and Andy Smith, Uh, amazing husband and wife you have the pleasure of knowing as well. Um, And we actually, yeah, I just helped them well I helped them write um, a book um, which is coming out i think the 30th of um, 30th of april or maybe it's the 30th of march i actually don't know um, but it's called 88 days um, and it follows a grief model um, through um, and help, just helping people through grief and trauma Um, and it's an 88 day devotional and each devotional has a, um, image that Wendy created, um, and then a devotional that her and Andy wrote. And then, um, I took the image and the devotional and found a scripture that correlated to it and wrote a little affirmation. Um, so that people can, you know, walk through it and have things that they can meditate throughout the day um, and scriptures they can meditate throughout the day and just to help people through um, moments of loss and trauma. And it was, it was a really cool way to use um, just some things I learned at uni in relation to art um, and therapy and um, working through things with different creative processes so that's something i just finished and then now i'm going to be um starting to put together create our creative opener for our conference in um, august
1: hey let's jump into so that's what you're working on right now what are some things you feel because there's there is a that from what i sense there's a, a prophetic sensitivity in your life um, not just for individuals, but for, for groups, for culture, for, um, for what God's heart is towards um, demographics and because and, you know, you've worked as a youth minister for, for quite a while now and so you're coming from a context of a, a lot of understanding in those dimensions. Um, what do you feel or see that God is doing with artists um, right now?
0: He's really refining our reliance on worldly inspiration. I think, like, we saw it with the revival in Asbury, Ashbury, at the university. It wasn't the lights, it wasn't the smoke. Like, God was there for the heart posture and he moved because um, people... You know, were humbled before him and they repented and they wanted him to come and change them. And I think that when we invite God into our creative art form and we invite him into the spaces of our heart, our heart that are burning with desire and passion to do things creatively, he gives us vision that is outside the scope of what the world thinks is excellent and as christians our standard doesn't need to be what hollywood has done or what the music industry has done like our standard is something that sits higher and it sits in the heavenlies and i think that god is giving heavenly um visions to people that will blow the world just um out of their socks like i really think that the holy spirit is coming to wreck the hearts of man and bring um, people to repentance and to just an awe for who God is. Um, mm. And if we allow ourselves to be obedient to what God is telling us to do, if anything, like I'm excited for the way that God is just like molding creative hearts at the moment to Come to on. do what he wills um, in the yes. world. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you mentioned the word awe in there. You know, the awe-inspired humility, uh, where <clears throat> it's it's not taking a lot of our effort to try and encourage humility in people because it's actually the awe of God that's producing the humility. Um, and you know, this this taste for the world is becoming very differentiated from tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and I love that you mentioned Asprey there because that is such an example of we didn't need any other stimulus um to engage people they came hungry and they got fed and when they went back to their colleges they took the hunger with them and the hunger spread <laughs> um you know and so I love that you mentioned that and and yes purification is so big right now and I know that that can be an area where people go oh I don't want to be asking for the fire of God in my life and um yeah I want to really encourage people who are listening right now ask for the fire of God you know you don't ask it without having some kind of knowledge of of what might take place because he takes our prayers seriously when we say God purify my heart with fire you know um he doesn't he doesn't go oh that's a sweet prayer that's a cute prayer no he will cause his fire to fall And that will bring things to surface in our lives that don't belong in our lives. Um, It's like the narrow road exists to scrape all the attachments off us, the things, the leeches that are sucking the life out of us, off our lives um, until all we have is a light burden and an easy yoke and we can go hard after Jesus. Um, And so, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. It's so powerful. Now, do you have an inspiring role model? Is there someone that you've kind of looked up to creatively? Um, Could be a Christian or could be someone who's not necessarily a believer um, that you've had as a role model in your life.
0: The biggest role model in my life has always and will forever be my mum and dad. They're two of the most creative people Mm -hmm. that I know and they don't like it. They're so humble in it as well. but I would not be doing what I do now if it wasn't for them. They were so incredible at fostering creativity and in mine and my siblings' lives and allowing us to be expressive and crazy and loud and um sing at the top of our lungs and um but one thing my dad always said was perfect practice makes perfect. Um he would listen to me singing and he would correct me and I would get sad and be like but I just want to sing and he's like yeah if you want to sing like do it well like do it with excellence and I think that is just bred within me this understanding of being um excellent not for myself but for God's glory and something that we've talked a lot about um in different conversations is just like you know just because you're creative um or just because you want to have an idea of something. That's nice. Like, that's the first bit. But then as you as you execute it, execute it with excellence. Um, yeah. yeah. And my, my mom and dad have been forever role models in that aspect. And mm. they have shaped who I am as a creative today, 100%.
1: Man, that's so encouraging. And someone who's a dad hearing that, I'm like, oh, Lord, let that be said of um, when our kids grow up that they they uh, feel like they're fully championed. Um, that's so awesome. Now, Kaylin, would you pray for us? Because I know that there's a few things we've really hit in this conversation that I know uh, can be keys to our hearts, can be triggers to our hearts, can be resources to our hearts to develop as Christian creatives that seek to shape the future and narrative of entertainment and the arts. And I would really love you just to pray for us right now.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Well, dear Heavenly Father, um, we just give you all the glory for this conversation. I just thank you for um, what you've unlocked in people's hearts as they've listened, what you have um, brought up in their hearts and in their minds as we've talked. I thank you for... The way you're working in each individual's life, who has listened to our conversation, Holy Spirit. Um, we give you reign in our lives and in the creative spaces that we step into. Glory be to God, Father. We just um, we lay it all at your feet and say, do with do with these um, vessels what you will. Um. We just thank you for this world, especially for this nation of Australia. I thank you for the creative outpouring that you're bringing to this land um, and the the creatives that you are building up. And, yeah, Father, we just thank you and we give you all glory in your mighty name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Guys, you've been listening to Caitlin Self. We've been talking about all things, creativity, arts, and living in a freedom in our identity. Caitlin, how can people follow your journey and, and stay in touch with what God's doing with you and your family?
0: So Instagram would be the easiest. That's kind of where we're at. My username is underscore Caitlin Joy. Yeah, and that's where you can see all, all the things <laughs> so far.
1: Uh, so guys keep it keep it real with your reels and um and <laughs> continue to go after god's heart for the arts industry caitlin thanks so much for being on art Vance.
0: thank you for having me it's
1: been a privilege all right guys we'll see you next time on art Vance.